This is America in the Morning from Westwood One. I'm John Trout. It's Thursday, January 11th, 2024. Here's what's coming up on America in the Morning. President Biden's son Hunter made a surprise visit to Capitol Hill. What are you afraid of? You have no balls. Ed Donahue, Washington. Just a few days ahead of the Iowa caucus, the Republican presidential field has one fewer candidate. This is a fight for the soul of our party. I'm John Stolmas. Donald Trump will not make his own closing arguments in his New York civil fraud trial after the judge rescinded permission for it. Julie Walker, New York. Legislation meant to protect parental rights introduced on Capitol Hill. I'm Clayton Neville. On Wall Street, stocks are coming off a winning day yesterday. The latest on inflation will be out this morning. I'm Jessica Ettinger. Former President Trump says the Georgia prosecutor that's after him has been compromised. I'm Pamela Furr. All ahead on America in the Morning. President Biden's son Hunter made a surprise visit to Capitol Hill as Republicans in the House take the first step to hold him in contempt of Congress. Ed Donahue reports the House Oversight Committee wants testimony only in private while the president's son is demanding a public hearing. Let's move forward with our business. He should be held in contempt. There was a subpoena. He did not answer it. Any other American will be held in contempt by Congress. Any other. This is Democrat privilege of the highest order. Let's do our jobs. There is zero evidence of President Biden doing anything wrong, including in connection with his son. No evidence of an impeachable offense. Not a little. Not something. None. Uh, We want to bring him in. We have hundreds of substantive questions that we want to ask the president's son about specific transactions. I'm listening to the gentlelady from South Carolina about the witness being afraid to come in front of the committee. It's interesting. He's here. He doesn't seem to be too afraid. And the only folks that are afraid to hear from the witness with the American people watching are my friends on the other side of the aisle. The Oversight Committee is working on an impeachment inquiry of President Biden, and they want to know more about his son's business dealings. Hunter Biden wants to testify in public. You are the epitome of white privilege, coming into the Oversight Committee, spitting in our face, ignoring a congressional subpoena to be deposed. What are you afraid of? You have no balls to come up here. The committee and South Carolina Republican Nancy Mace want the testimony behind closed doors. Hunter Biden should be held completely in contempt. I think he should be hauled off to jail right now. Florida Democrat Jared Moskowitz pointed out Chair James Comer has said in the past Hunter Biden had an option, public or private testimony. The majority of my colleagues over there, including the chairman, don't want to hear from the witness with the American people watching. Hunter Biden later left the proceeding. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Uh, excuse going? me, Hunter. Oh, apparently, no. you're afraid of my going? words. He didn't speak, but his lawyer, Abby Lowell, says Republicans care little about the truth. Hunter chose a hearing where Republicans could not distort, manipulate, or misuse that testimony. And proving once again that they cared little about the truth and wanted only to, quote, move the needle of political support, which was a quote Chairman Comer confessed was his true purpose. The question there is, what are they afraid of? Ed Donahue, Washington. With just four days until the Iowa caucuses, the Republican presidential field has gotten one candidate smaller. John Stolness has that story. 
Since he entered the race for the White House last year, former New Jersey Governor Chris Christie has been the one Republican candidate to consistently and forcefully attack former President Donald Trump. In announcing he was stepping out of the race, Christie once again made it clear returning Trump to the Oval Office is dangerous. I am going to make sure that in no way do I enable Donald Trump to ever be president of the United States again. And that's more important than my own personal ambition. Christie said it had become clear to him there was no path to the nomination. From the moment I got into the race, the decision that I made was really simple. I would rather lose by telling the truth than lie in order to win. And I feel no differently today because this is a fight for the soul of our party and the soul of our country. In Iowa, Christie was only polling in fifth place at around 3%, but in New Hampshire, his departure could significantly help Ron DeSantis or Nikki Haley, with Christie averaging about 12% support there. A hot mic incident before his speech caught the former candidate criticizing Haley and DeSantis's campaigns. And she's gonna get smoked. And you and I both know it. She's not up to this. She she's still 20 points behind Trump in New Hampshire, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And he's, gonna, he's still going to carry out, right? Yes. Oh, he's, I, t you know, I talked to De DeSantis called me, petrified. And he noted people have been calling for him to get out of the race for a while now. They've been saying for weeks and weeks and weeks, because some polls that I should drop out of the race, that I should get out for that reason. The smallness of the campaigns who spend more time arguing and worrying about who should get out of the race than they have spent going after the front runner. Christie did not officially endorse either DeSantis or Haley in his speech. Those two candidates spent yesterday at a CNN debate while Trump participated in a live town hall on Fox News. I'm John Stolnes. Closing arguments in the civil fraud trial against Donald Trump. When America in the Morning continues after these messages. What's up, everyone? It's Reality Steve, your number one source for all things Bachelor Nation and reality TV. Every day, I'm giving you the behind-the-scenes juice and your info on all your Bachelor Nation stories and also interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. My name has been synonymous with spoilers, but I'm so much more than that. Give me a listen. The Reality Steve Podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford Anything, wherever you listen.
Welcome back. This is America in the Morning. Let's find out if there's any severe weather brewing today. Here's AccuWeather.com meteorologist Carl Erickson with the forecast. Well, there is another winter storm gathering strength as a large portion of the nation remain in a very active weather pattern through this weekend. A developing storm of the southern plains will spread a swath of snow from eastern Wyoming through Nebraska and northern Kansas today. Snow will also expand into southern South Dakota and will likely reach into Omaha and western Iowa by this evening. Snow will then move across the rest of Iowa, southern Wisconsin, and northern Illinois later tonight, including Chicago. Most of these locations will pick up an inch or two of snow, but heavier snow over Nebraska and Iowa can accumulate 36 inches through tonight, causing slow and slippery travel. Further south, moisture being drawn northward from the Gulf of Mexico with this strengthening storm will lead to showers this afternoon from Houston to Little Rock and eventually into Memphis later today. A dip in the jet stream will lead to rounds of snow over the central and southern Rockies with rain showers across the lower elevations of Arizona and New Mexico, including Phoenix and Albuquerque. A moist flow off the Pacific Ocean will lead to periods of rain and mountain snow across the Pacific Northwest and just cold enough around Seattle that some wet snow can mix in with the rain at times. Most of California and southern Nevada will remain dry with sunny skies and highs in the 50s and 60s. A fast-moving clipper-type storm will spread mainly light snow showers across the Great Lakes states into western New York and the mountains of New England today, although accumulations will be light, generally a coating to an inch. Much of the eastern seaboard from Boston to Jacksonville, as well as a large portion of the Mid-Atlantic and southeast, will have a break from the stormy weather today with sunshine and highs in the 50s and 60s. And that's the weather across America. In Boston today, sunny and breezy, high 44. Meanwhile, in Seattle, a mix of rain and snow and a high of 42. That's the nation's weather. I'm AccuWeather.com meteorologist Kai Erickson. Remember to follow us everywhere you get your podcasts, Apple, Spotify, Amazon, YouTube. Just search America in the Morning in your favorite listening app. I'm John Trout. Donald Trump will not make his own closing arguments today in New York in that civil fraud trial. As correspondent Julie Walker reports, the judge rescinded permission for it after setting limits the former president would not agree to. Trump wanted to take part in the closing arguments along with his lawyers, but they objected to the judge's insistence that the former president stick to relevant matters. Trump, his two eldest sons, and business are being sued by New York Attorney General Letitia James, a Democrat. She claims Trump's net worth was inflated by billions to secure loans and get insurance. The leading presidential Republican candidate calls the lawsuit politically motivated. In a pretrial ruling, the judge found Trump committed fraud. He's now deciding how much damages will be and whether Trump can do business in New York. All deny wrongdoing. Julie Walker, New York. A number of states have taken up bills and worked to create laws regarding the rights of parents. Correspondent Clayton Neville reports that Republican-sponsored legislation aimed at protecting parents' rights is now being filed on Capitol Hill. Republican Senators Tim Scott, James Langford, and Virginia Fox are behind a bill introduced this week that affirms parents have a basic right to control the upbringing of their kids. The Daily Caller first reported the introduction of the Families, Rights, and Responsibilities Act, which would specifically stop the federal government from getting involved in the rights of parents and allow parents to sue over the issue. Supporters say parents should not be living every day worrying about government overreach, and the legislation asserts parents have a right to make decisions for their children. Senator Tim Scott insisting that in America today, parents are being pushed out of their child's lives, and he says kids are paying the price for it. I'm Clayton Neville. The latest on inflation? 
Bitcoin's debut, and mortgage rates. Stay tuned. Business news is next when America in the Morning continues after these messages. Thanks for listening. America in the Morning continues. There were job cuts aplenty within the past 24 hours. Fortune announced that Salesforce and its chat subsidiary Slack initiated a hiring freeze in both their tech and product divisions, saying they would circle back to hiring depending on how their numbers look each quarter. Dish Network will jettison 157 workers in March, mostly in Colorado. Asset manager BlackRock will be cutting 3% of their global workforce after recently cutting 500 jobs. And Amazon will eliminate hundreds of jobs in its film and television studio and Twitch streaming platform. More business headlines this Thursday with CNBC's Jessica Ettinger. Wall Street opens this morning after a rally yesterday for stocks. The major average is all up at least a half percent. The Nasdaq notched its fourth winning day in a row. Investors are on hold for the latest on inflation coming this morning with the CPI, Consumer Price Index, for December. And investors now have the chance to invest in Bitcoin exchange-traded funds today, approved late yesterday by the Securities and Exchange Commission. This is a long-awaited milestone for the asset class, really seen as this legitimizing moment in a way for cryptocurrencies. To enter the mainstream, you've got the largest asset managers in the world on that list of those approved. BlackRock, you've got Fidelity on that list. It is seen as a way to bring some more safety and stability into these markets. People will have the option to hold Bitcoin in their brokerage accounts Next to your regular old stock, so big moment here. CNBC's Kate Rooney. Boeing's CEO went on CNBC to say the company's working with regulators to figure out what happened when a Boeing jet had a blowout in its side during flight. It was an Alaska Airlines 737 MAX 9. It happened Friday, and even with the gaping hole, the pilots landed the plane safely. No injuries, but it could have been a lot worse. Take my hat off and our company's hat off to the Alaska Air team, specifically the crew that trained most of their lives to handle that moment, hoping they never will, but they did. And the crew alongside the pilots handled it as well as it can be handled. The FAA immediately grounded the airplanes, and now we're in a moment where we have nobody at risk, and our job is to understand literally everything that has happened and fix it and make sure it can never happen again. Boeing CEO Dave Calhoun on CNBC. The full interview is at CNBC.com. Boeing shares ticked slightly higher yesterday. How's the spring housing market expected to perform? Yeah, maybe a little better. When mortgage rates were at more than 8% last October, and now they're around 6.8%, according to Mortgage News Daily. For some people, that's a really good rate now on a 30-year home loan. I have been hearing from agents, heard from one last weekend, that they saw much more traffic at open houses last weekend. Of course, there is still very low supply, but agents also say they expect to see more coming on the market in the next few weeks with lower rates. Now, we could see an early start to the spring season. Buyers may try to get in before the competition gets even worse and take advantage of these low rates. CNBC's Diana Olick. On today's watch list, the latest on inflation comes this morning, the CPI, Consumer Price Index, for December. We find out how many people applied for unemployment benefits last week. Thank you, CNBC's Jessica Ettinger. When we return, prosecutor in Trump's Georgia election case, now in her own personal legal fight. 
That and more when America in the Morning returns after these messages. Back now on America in the Morning, former President Donald Trump is calling for the Georgia election interference case against him to be dropped after allegations of an improper relationship against District Attorney Fannie Willis has surfaced. Following details, correspondent Pamela Furr. A co-defendant in the Trump case is the one alleging in court documents that Willis had an improper romantic relationship with the special prosecutor she hired. His name is Nathan Wade. The accusation is they both benefited financially from the relationship because the two took vacations using funds that his law firm received for working the Trump case. These allegations were included in a motion filed on behalf of Michael Roman, a former Trump campaign official who once the charges against him dismissed. The filing also calls for the entire district attorney's office, including Willis and Wade, to be disqualified from prosecuting the case. Trump has accused in the case, of course, and he told reporters on Tuesday, Willis is, quote, totally compromised and says the entire case should be dropped. I'm Pamela Furr. The most successful college football coach of the modern era is calling it a career. Correspondent Gethin Coolball reports. Nick Saban is retiring after winning six national championships in 17 seasons at Alabama. Alabama finished 12-2 this season, losing to eventual national champion Michigan 27-20 in overtime in the college football playoff semifinal on New Year's Day. We just didn't finish the last four minutes of the game. Uh, like we'd like to, and we're all very disappointed. The 72-year-old Saban compiled a 206-29 record and a 16-7 mark in bowl games. Overall, Saban owns a record of 297-71-1 in 28 college seasons. I'm Gethin Coolbaugh. America in the Morning for Thursday, January 11th, 2024, is produced by Jeff McKay, senior producer Kevin Delaney. I'm John Trout. This is Westwood One. This is America in the Morning from Westwood One. I'm John Trout. Coming up this half hour, three candidates, two stages. I didn't win. I think the stock market would crash. I'm Clayton Neville. Record-breaking cold is threatening to complicate Iowa's lead-off caucuses next week. Zero degrees on Monday. I'm Ed Donahue. Scuffles have broken out at a West Bank protest as Secretary of State Antony Blinken meets with Palestinian President Mahmoud Abbas. I'm Charles Dulazma. There's good news and bad news from a new report on U.S. carbon emissions. Jennifer King, Washington. The SEC finally approves Bitcoin exchange-traded funds. I'm Chuck Palm. The global music industry set a new single-year record for music streaming. I'm Archie Zaroleto with the latest. Back after these messages. We're back on America in the Morning, on which part of the nation will see snow today. 
AccuWeather.com meteorologist Carl Erickson is at the national map with today's forecast. It will be portions of the central United States where snow will be found today as a developing storm over the southern plains will spread a swath of snow from eastern Wyoming through Nebraska and northern Kansas today. Snow will then expand into southern South Dakota and will likely reach into Omaha and western Iowa by this evening. Snow will then move across the rest of Iowa, southern Wisconsin, and northern Illinois later tonight, including Chicago. Most of these locations will pick up a slushy coating to an inch or two of snow, but heavier snow over Nebraska and Iowa can accumulate three to six inches through tonight, causing slow and slippery travel. Meanwhile, a fast-moving clipper-type storm will spread mainly light snows across the Great Lakes into western New York and the mountains of New England, although accumulations will be light, generally a coating to an inch, but even a thin coating can create slippery travel through the overnight hours. Meanwhile, a dip in the jet stream will lead to rounds of snow across the central and southern Rockies with rain showers across the lower elevations of Arizona and New Mexico, including Phoenix and Albuquerque. A moist flow off the Pacific Ocean will lead to periods of rain and mountain snow across the Pacific Northwest, and just enough cold air will be in place around Seattle as some wet snow can mix in with the rain at times. Most of California and southern Nevada will remain dry today with sunshine and highs in the 50s and 60s. Further south, moisture being drawn northward from the Gulf of Mexico with this developing storm will lead to showers this afternoon from Houston to Little Rock and eventually into Memphis by the end of the day. Much of the eastern seaboard from Boston to Jacksonville as well as a large portion of the mid-Atlantic and southeast will have a break from the stormy weather today with sunny skies. Highs will range from the 40s across southern New England to 50s and 60s across the southeast. That's the nation's weather. I'm AccuWeather.com meteorologist Carl Erickson. Follow us wherever you get your podcasts. Apple, Spotify, Amazon, and YouTube. Just search America in the Morning in your favorite listening app. I'm John Trout. Just hours after Chris Christie suspended his GOP campaign for the White House, three Republican presidential candidates were featured in two separate televised events last night. Following action on the campaign trail is our correspondent Clayton Neville. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis and former U.N. Ambassador and South Carolina Governor Nikki Haley stood side by side behind their respective podiums during a GOP debate hosted by CNN. Neither candidate held back as they went after it from the start. If you uh, hold her accountable to her record, first she'll say, I never said that. Well, one good rule of thumb, if she says she's never said something, that definitely means she said it. And then she'll say, you're lying, you're lying. That means not only did she say it, but she's on videotape saying it. Haley with some harsh words of her own and a plan. So what we're going to do is rather than have him go and tell you all these lies, you can go to DeSantisLies.com and look at all of those. There's at least two dozen lies that he's told about me, and you can see where fact checkers say exactly what's going to happen. It was a theme throughout the night and a web address that Haley mentioned a lot. Between the back and forth, though, there were some dust-ups on the issues themselves, like more aid for Ukraine. Haley much more insistent on that than DeSantis. She also said that Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin's recent hospitalization that wasn't reported to the White House was unacceptable. The debate came on the heels of Chris Christie dropping out of the race, and with the Iowa caucuses just days away, Haley and DeSantis trying to convince Republicans that they're the better option to lead America compared to frontrunner and former President Donald Trump, who told Fox News last night America is struggling without him. The economy is horrible, except the stock market's going up, and I think the stock market's going up because I'm leading Biden in all of the polls, every poll, every single poll for the last... With states that normally are not easy to leave. He even doubled down. I think if I wasn't leading, the stock market would be 25% lower. And I think, frankly, if I didn't win, I think the stock market would crash. 
The former president didn't attend the debate with DeSantis and Haley, of course, and was on a Fox Town Hall instead. He was asked about a potential vice presidential candidate if he gets the nomination. Well, I can't tell you that, really. I mean, I know who it's going to be. Give us a hint. I'll give you. We'll do another show sometime. President Biden's recently taken aim at Trump for inciting what he calls political violence, and Trump was asked to clarify if he condemns that. Well, of course that's right. And of course, I'm the one that had very little of it. Take a look at wars. Again, I didn't start. I wasn't involved in wars. We beat the hell out of ISIS. Look at the violence we have recently. Trump said the Biden administration and the media are running with the narrative that he's a dictator because of recent comments that he made. So I said, I'm going to be a dictator for one day. They cut it. He clarified a dictatorship wouldn't last long. For one day, we're going to do two things. The border, we're going to make it so tight you can't get in unless you come in legally. And the other is energy. We're going to drill, baby, drill. After that, I'm not going to be a dictator. After that, I'm not going to be a dictator. With all eyes on Iowa campaigning, ramping up, tensions growing, and the stakes, of course, are getting higher. I'm Clayton Neville. As the candidates take their messages to the voters of Iowa, they'll also face a new complication, getting out their vote as record-breaking cold is threatening to create a deep freeze for Iowa's lead-off caucuses next week. Here's Ed Donahue with the story. The Democrats are going to have maybe single-digit percentage turnout this time because there's really nothing much at stake. Republicans, I think, will be pretty energized, so 20%, give or take, I think, will probably show up. Snow is already on the ground, and Chad Hahn at the National Weather Service says on caucus day, there will be record cold, a high temperature of one degree. We have a high temperature of one degree on Monday Though with fresh snowpack, we're expecting those actually may be on the high side. So we may not uh, we may we may not warm above zero degrees on Monday. Iowa Republican Party Chair Jeff Kaufman is not worried. Although it may be a little uncomfortable, uh, it will be it will not be a deterrent to attempt. These voters are not going to let some cold weather keep them away. Bundle up. Layer up. If you are in Iowa, you shouldn't be afraid of the cold. The candidates are publicly expressing optimism. Their supporters will show up no matter how bad the weather is. Jeff Kaufman says this is Iowa. I'm sure some of our our national press would rather be in South Carolina. But you know what? This is the heartland and we're first in the nation for a reason. Normal people that just look right at the wind and right at the temperatures and say, bring it on. No rain or snow is expected in Iowa Monday. I'm Ed Donahue. Antony Blinken met with Palestinian President Mahmoud Abbas to seek governance reforms as part of U.S. efforts to rally the region behind post-war plans for Gaza. But not without controversy as scuffles broke out in Ramallah outside the meeting, demanding the American Secretary of State should leave, citing the U.S. support for Israel. As correspondent Charles de Ledesma reports, this comes as a legal battle over whether Israel's war against Hamas in Gaza amounts to genocide opens to at the United Nations top court. Two days of preliminary hearings at the International Court of Justice will examine South Africa's call for judges to order an immediate suspension of Israel's military actions. Israel firmly denies the genocide allegation, the case that's likely to take years to resolve, strikes at the heart of Israel's national identity as a Jewish state created in the aftermath of the Nazi genocide in the Holocaust. The charge of genocide is meritless. It's particularly galling, given that those who are attacking Israel, Hamas, Hezbollah, the Houthis, as well as their supporter Iran, continue to openly call for the annihilation of Israel and the mass murder of Jews. 
Israel normally considers UN and international tribunals unfair and biased, but it's sending a strong legal team to the court to defend its military operation launched in the aftermath of the October 7 attacks by Hamas. Police try to push protesters away from the Palestinian presidency headquarters, where Blinken's meeting a bus, and then block a road nearby. Activist Jamal Juma accuses the Secretary of State of being one of the organizers of what's going on in the Gaza Strip. It's a shame to receive a Blinken, who's, who's one of the organizers of the genocide in Gaza Strip. He's the one who's leading the war on Gaza Strip on our people. Our people there in Gaza is, is killed by the American bombs. Blinken wants to seek governance reforms as part of U.S. efforts to rally the region behind post-war plans for Gaza that also includes concrete steps towards a Palestinian state. Jumar thinks it's best if Blinken leaves the West Bank quickly. He should leave immediately. You should kick him out. Hundreds of people have been killed in recent days as attacks focus on Khan Yunus and refugee camps in central Gaza. I'm Charles Dildesma. Among the stories we're covering next, the state of California deeper in debt, an eye-opening report on U.S. carbon emissions, and payday for Bitcoin. Those stories when we return on America in the Morning, back after these messages. We're back. This is America in the Morning. I'm John Trout. Federal regulators are extending the grounding of some Boeing jets after an Alaska Airlines plane lost a door plug used to cover optional emergency exits, which could have been catastrophic. Correspondent Julie Walker reports. I didn't know what happened to whoever was supposed to be in the seat next to that hole in the airplane. I got kids, I got grandkids, and so do you. This stuff matters. Everything matters. A key question, according to the NTSB, whether bolts used to help secure the door plug in that Boeing 737 MAX 9 jet were ever installed. It was very violent uh, when the uh, rapid decompression in the door uh, was expelled uh, out of the plane. Alaska Airlines and United both report finding loose bolts after the FAA grounded the jet, suggesting quality issues. The plugs are installed by Spirit Aerosystems, which has a history of manufacturing problems. I know I'm preaching to the choir here. This isn't a lecture, not by any stretch. It's nothing more than a reminder of the seriousness with which we have to approach our work. On Tuesday, the FAA said safety, not speed, will determine when the jets return to service, a statement echoed by White House Press Secretary Karine Jean-Pierre. These particular Boeing aircraft will remain grounded uh, until operators completely complete enhanced inspections. The grounding forcing both airlines to cancel over 100 flights each. To ensure every next airplane that moves into the sky is in fact safe and that this event can never happen again. I'm Julie Walker. There's going to be some belt tightening in California after Governor Gavin Newsom told lawmakers in Sacramento that they will have to make difficult choices to offset an expected $38 billion deficit. Newsom's blaming the shortfall on weaker-than-expected state revenues, delayed tax deadlines, and inaccurate budget projections. 
His proposal includes dipping into the state's rainy day cash reserves, cutting over $8 billion from programs supporting climate change efforts, housing and other social services, and delaying the pay increases for health care workers. America in the Morning continues. It's an interesting look at U.S. carbon emissions in a new report. With a look at the data, here's correspondent Jennifer King. Climate-altering greenhouse gases in the U.S. declined by nearly 2 percent in 2023, even as the nation's economy expanded. A report from the Rhodium Group found emissions going in the right direction, but not fast enough to meet the government's goal to cut emissions in half by 2030. The group calculates emissions would have to decline at a rate more than triple last year's figure. The drop was due in part to a mild winter, a record year for solar power, and a decline in power generation from coal-fired plants. But a post-pandemic transportation rebound and higher oil and gas production led to a small increase. Other worrying signs in the report, natural gas generation grew more than twice as fast as renewables, and wind turbine installations were down in 2023 compared to the previous two years. Jennifer King, Washington. In what's being called a watershed moment for crypto trading, 11 spot Bitcoin exchange traded funds have been given the green light by the SEC. Here's Chuck Palm with that in today's tech report. After only one day of the hacking of the X slash Twitter account for Gary Gensler, the SEC has approved 11 Bitcoin exchange traded funds. In what's being called a watershed moment for the crypto industry, a CNBC reporter read this quote from SEC Chair Gary Gensler. In the same breath as approving these Bitcoin ETFs, mentioned some of the illicit use cases, he says, while we approve the listing and trading of certain spot Bitcoin exchange traded products and shares today, he says we did not approve or endorse Bitcoin. Investors should remain cautious about the myriad risks. And despite the risks involved, the standard charted analysis this week said that ETFs could draw 50 billion to over 100 billion this year alone, potentially driving the price of Bitcoin as high as $100,000 per coin. The FBI is investigating the hack of the Twitter account, and many have speculated that this was a draft inside the account that was just waiting to be posted today. Tell us what you think at allthetoptech.tech. I'm Chuck Palm. Taking a look at Thursday's sports, America in the Morning's Robert Workman. A major surprise from college football yesterday as seven-time national champion Nick Saban retired as head coach at Alabama. He won six of those titles in his 17 years with the Crimson Tide. Saban steps down with 292 wins. That's fifth all-time. Never had a losing season in Tuscaloosa or Toledo, Michigan State, or LSU, where he also won a national championship. The NFL added a seventh head coaching vacancy with the ouster of Pete Carroll after 14 years with the Seahawks. He won over 60% of his team's games and Seattle's only Super Bowl in 2014. Carroll will remain in an advisory role for now. NBA, a battle of the best in Boston. The Celtics turn back the Timberwolves 127-120 in overtime. Jason Tatum had 45 points. Jalen Brown 35 as they improve to 18-0 at home. Anytime you get a chance to sketch yourself down to history, there's been a lot of great teams that have you know, opened up and played in uh, the Garden. And for us to, to have the best start ever in franchise history, I think that says a lot about the group. At the other end of the association, the Spurs spanked the Pistons 
Pistons won 31-08 in a clash of the teams with the two worst records this year. San Antonio rookie Victor Wembanyama posted his first NBA triple-double. Thunder used two big second-half runs to overcome the Heat. Pelicans peppered the Warriors. Eight players scored in double figures. Clippers rallied past the Raptors, 29 apiece for Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. The latter agreed to a three-year extension worth a reported $153 million. Kings, Pacers, Hawks, Bulls, and Jazz won. College basketball, a night after the nation's top two teams were beaten, there were two more top five upsets. Number three, Kansas lost at Central Florida, and fifth-ranked Tennessee came a cropper at Mississippi State. That's Thursday Sports. Thanks, Robert. Female rocker to be immortalized on the big screen. We'll have that and more when America in the Morning continues after these messages. America in the Morning back with you now. The global music industry set a new single-year record for music streaming. Entertainment correspondent Margie Zaraleta reports. The industry group Luminate says music was streamed more than 4 trillion times in 2023, up 34% from the year before. In the U.S., the top streamed song was Last Night by Morgan Wallen with more than 1 billion streams. 25.5% of all streams in the U.S. last year was hip-hop as the genre marked its 50th anniversary. Streaming of heritage hip-hop acts grew 11.3%, while new hip-hop dropped 7.1%. One in 78 of all music streams in the U.S. last year was Taylor Swift. She also had five of the top 10 U.S. albums. I'm Archie Zaraleta. Selena Gomez will be heading to the big screen to portray a rock legend. TMZ is reporting that the pop star will be playing Linda Ronstadt in a biopic. And that came after the legendary singer gave her personal go-ahead for Gomez to play her, who got her start in acting as a child in the kids' TV series Barney and Friends, and soon after on Disney's Wizards of Waverly Place, before turning her talents to singing. What's not known to many is that both Gomez and Ronstadt share a Mexican heritage. With the year just getting underway, you can bet there will be more award shows coming down the pike. With a look at that, here's our Kevin Carr. The Oscars got an early start with the 14th Annual Governor's Awards on Tuesday night. Hosted by the Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences, the Governor's Awards presented three honorary Oscars, including one to legendary writer, director, and all-around funny man, Mel Brooks. When your peers appreciate your work and they salute you with this golden statue, it means, it means a great deal. It's terrific. I won't sell this one, I swear to God. Other honorary Oscars went to editor Carol Littleton and actress Angela Bassett. It is because of the love and support of my friends and my family that I stand here this evening. Adding to awards buzz, SAG-AFTRA announced its nominations on Wednesday, with Barbie and Oppenheimer receiving four each. American Fiction, The Color Purple, and Killers of the Flower Moon were also nominated. In television comedy, Ted Lasso and The Bear each received four nominations, with others going to Abbott Elementary, Barry, and Only Murders in the Building. For drama, Succession, The Gilded Age, The Crown, The Morning Show, and The Last of Us were nominated. Finally, not to be outdone by the actors, the Directors Guild of America also announced its nominations. Topping the list were Christopher Nolan for Oppenheimer, Jorgos Lathanmos for Poor Things, Martin Scorsese for Killers of the Flower Moon, and Greta Gerwig for Barbie. I'm Kevin Carr. 
America in the Morning for Thursday, January 11th, 2024 is produced by Jeff McKay, senior producer Kevin Delaney. I'm John Trout. This is Westwood One. Welcome to Talkville, the ultimate Smallville rewatch podcast. Guest star Sarah Carter as Alicia Baker. Although I didn't really work with her a lot. But Tom did, and they had some real big smoochy scenes. Yeah. Can we talk about that? Could there be any more sex? What was a three-page makeout scene that just kept going? Good Lord. We get it. They have chemistry. Jump in now or catch up on any of the past seasons of Talkville on YouTube or wherever you listen.